Hello everybody, it's Rachel Treese here with our edition of Flex in the City and today I'm really honoured to be interviewing Philippe Zeil, who is the Chief Executive Officer of Clearstream and he is our first Belgian that we are interviewing on Flex in the City, so welcome. Thank Philippe. you Rachel. You're very welcome and so as always we start on Flex in the City by finding out a little bit about you and your story. Flex in the City is all about leadership. So mm -hmm. who are you and where do you come from and how did you end up at Clearstream? Rachel, I'm um, Belgian, as you said. My name is Philippe Sale. I was born not far away from, uh, from Luxembourg. Been in the financial industry for 30 years. Mm. Always uh, in between the um, asset management uh, securities servicing. I'm an engineer by education and so what kind of engineer, Philip? I'm actually a uh, mechanical and civil engineering mm -hmm. and with a master degree in computer technology. So you could have been building bridges. Bridges, mm -hmm. uh, and I could have developed a system that would uh, actually have uh, helped on the computer mm -hmm. side to develop those bridges. Wow, so what took you into financial services? I don't know, Rachel, it's, it's a good <laughs> point. Life is uh, like that, right? So yeah. you never know. Yeah. I think that Forrest Gump says uh, it's like a box of chocolate. When you open it, you never know what you're going to get. Right? That's so, true. Uh, and it's very much true for me. But I think that maybe one of the reasons for that, Rachel, is that I started uh, with uh, my career working for Swift mm. and you know Swift is in between the financial uh, or and or IT world and I could have decided to go on the uh, to continue mm. on the IT side I decided mm. to move, move sideways and go to financial institutions so uh, that's probably where now I ended up uh, at Pearson. Wow, and how long have you been working at Clearstream? Then? 15 years. Rachel. 15 years? Yes. Wow, wow. And, and Clearstream, like many organizations, is going through cons constant transformation, adapting to new technology. So I'd, I'd love to know what kind of leadership you personally are adopting in this period of, of change. Mm -hmm. I think that uh, may maybe it's a truism if I say that change is a constant right so we mm. we keep on changing um, the world we develop in changes the way consumers buy or consume products change it's no different in the financial industry we clear stream are in what we call b2b business you know we don't have you know end clients we don't have um, the clients of ours are other financial institutions we are a market infrastructure a financial intermediary providing services to companies like banks that in turn provide services to end consumers. The habit of those kind of consumers change, right? And, and therefore, what is imposed on us by our client keeps on changing and we need to adapt. That's one thing. Mm -hmm. So it's an ever-changing environment we live in. Next to that, we have this new technology, which we called in the financial services fintech. So financial te technology, mm -hmm. rec tech that comes out, that is coming our way. And we have been seeing it as helpers rather than disturbers, right? They mm -hmm. help us to pave the way to help to develop further the business franchise. And um, we see them as well as a way to make sure that we keep close to adapt to the changes that 
clients of ours, you know, want, uh, I would say, impose on us or mm. request from us. Mm. So we're very much into, we, we like to be in the ecosystem where we bring, we keep what we are there, what we're here for, the trusts as a financial institution or a financial intermediary, and we combine it with the good things that the new technology can bring. And what we try to do is to, uh, it's a melting pot. Uh, a, uh, we, we try to brussel this and to come up with, you know, a still uh, infrastructure that deliver what is supposed to deliver, as in very trustworthy organization that is daily developing, you know, up to, uh, up, up to scratch, I would say, mm -hmm. uh, uh, services. And just to add my point about changing times, as we record today, we are in the middle of a coronavirus crisis. So I'm really interested to know, because, because this, is, this is transformation and change happening right here today. If I was to interview um, people within Clearstream or people who've worked with you previously, what would they say your leadership style is, is, is like? I think that uh, I would say that um, perfectly balanced individual is something that I would that we would say that people would say that I, mean, I I hope inspire trust. They would probably have confidence uh, in in me. So uh, as a leader, mm -hmm. that make I I care about mm -hmm. not only the business, the PNL of the bank. It's important to care when you are a leader about the PNL of the firm. It's so well and good to um, to uh, always look at you know the the bright side of the story, but you need mm -hmm. to make sure that the back end side you know, is, is well taken care of. And I think that I would be a, uh, they would see me as a, a very balanced individual, but more importantly as well, they would say that I, I have a vision. Mm. So I'm where to, to take the business to and uh, be single-minded as to how to uh, develop it. I think as well that I'm a decision maker. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I, like to take decisions and I, I'm, I'm not shy to take decisions, whether mm -hmm. or not they are good or bad. We all take good and bad decisions. And, yeah. But the worst thing for me is a lack of decision. So, uh, or, you know, procrastination is something that uh, definitely uh, I'm not. Uh, I think that they would say as well that I'm uh, self-critical. So that uh, I have no, um, no issue with admitting that uh, decisions were not the best one. And, uh, you know, you just write, write them down. And the, as we would say in, fi in finance, mm -hmm. you write it off. And, uh, and then you forget and then you, you further progress. Mm -hmm. That's, uh, I hope. And, uh, if, and if I can also say something, because I always do my research, Philippe, um, but I think you're also a lot of fun too. That's what people have told me about your leadership style, which is important in these challenging times oh yeah. yeah so it is clearstream's 50th birthday it, it right is, now isn't it, is. it? it so is. it's exciting times so i'm curious to know what your vision is for clearstream in the next 50 years throughout those 50 years we prove that we have a purpose in the financial industry we we, we have proven that clearstream the probably one of the reasons why clearstream still stands uh, up today is that no one in the financial industry would deny the, to Clearstream the fact that they, that what we provide makes sense. And what we do provide is stability, mm -hmm. trust, and that trust and stability without stagnation. Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. We've been moving. The, if you look at, at ClearStream <clears throat> 10 years ago or even 20 years ago, the ClearStream of today is not the same one, but you will see that in 10 years from now and maybe 20 years from now, ClearStream will develop alongside with the market. Mm -hmm. And not only that we would, even if we, we still want to be seen as a trustworthy organization, which a very stable organization, but we want to be seen as well as the, that an organization, we don't want to be a, um, as an organization that still move forward. We don't want to be at the forefront for the sake of being at the forefront of, uh, of the industry, but we want to make sure that we don't stagnate. And we do our utmost, and that's what I do with the leadership team here, to make sure that we grasp what the clients are, you know, expecting us uh, to do, and then we factor that in our development. Absolutely, and money's a very uh, um, special thing, isn't it? You know, Rachel, it, it very, it's very much, very much uh, uh, true what what you're saying is that, and if we reflect a bit on on, on ourselves. The way we buy goods uh, have changed in the past. We collectively have, have definitely ch changed compared with 20 years ago, right? This is no different in the financial industry. Mm. Clients of financial institutions do consume or buy financial products in a totally different manner uh, compared with uh, you know, 20 years ago. So the um, online shopping exists as well in the financial uh, world, right? So we have developed as well, we have adapted uh, clear scheme to make sure that those who support the financial institutions, which are clients of ours who support, mm -hmm. that support those clients and, and their changes, the way that they consume their financial products, we actually factor that in uh, what we, de we developed with clear scheme. And I insist on that always with the, uh, this view of money and assets, mm -hmm. pension money, investment yeah. uh, investments, are very special goods and you better be very serious when you deal with those goods as in you know they should not disappear from you know the uh absolutely from, you know one day to another so and we definitely are to me such a such an organization organization where trust stability and and is 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 put at the forefront of the building so i'm curious to know what do you think are the skills that are needed by leaders in this financial services industry in the future? I think that um, um, there is one that is always, um, we, we lack as leaders to always uh, um, put forward the IQ, the uh, mm. in, in intelligence um, um, quotient. quotient, right? So um, I think that what today, especially with the uh, y and x generation we definitely have some eq in the play right the leaders the today's leaders and the, to, the, the leaders of tomorrow have to have a um, a good balance of eq and iq mm. and i i would not privilege eq so emotional uh, intelligence or emotional core uh, emotional intelligence versus the pure intelligence or the mm. intellectual yeah uh, you need both but i think that charisma Charisma mm -hmm. or attention or caring, because we are in the people business, right? Absolutely. It's, it's very Absolutely. important, right? So we have machines, we have computers, but we definitely are in the people, uh, in people business. Second is that I do believe that a, a leader, and that maybe it's, um, it's a truism, but a leader has to have a vision. 
you have to have a vision and you have to have, I think, what I would call a single mindedness, right? Mm -hmm. um, to be single minded. Once you have the vision to be laser focused on the execution. Yeah. Right. And maybe maybe another one, which is the to be humble enough at some point to recognize failure yeah. and to stop, you know, not to be uh, the, those who um, keep on investing in or, or, or beating dead horses, if I can mm -hmm. use that expression, because that leads to nothing, right? And I think that um, just to, if I may, just name a book, Mm. Uh, maybe an outdated book, but it's a, a book called Good to Great, uh, in which it's a Harvard professor that says that um, what leaders, the companies that have been great, have had a good management team with a very clear vision. And they, um, they use the expression to be on the bus. So it's a bus journey. And you bring everyone on the bus and, it, and you make sure that those that are on the bus you know, agree to be on the bus. So there's no finger pointing at mm. the moment that the bus has to change uh, its journey. And I think that vision, mm -hmm. single-minded attitude as to the execution, um, no remorse or no, no hard feeling about failure and, and restart, if I, if, I, if I may say. That's, mm -hmm. I think that that's the way that I would see that leaders I love that. today. I really love that. Um, so which leads me on to ask, who is the most inspiring person? Who's inspired you most in, in your life? Either somebody you've met or... I wish I would have met, but if the person mm. I'm going to name, but mm. I would be dead, I would have been dead for the best part of 500 centuries. So uh, mm. I, I, I quite like Thomas More. Okay. Thomas More is the, um, is the uh, 16th century humanist. Mm. Um, at the same time as the same period as... Uh, uh, your uh, Erasmus, mm -hmm. right? and he was actually corresponding with Erasmus. And Thomas More is actually is the writer of a book called Utopia. Mm. And actually, the the term Utopia came from the book. Is his name? Oh, you know, okay. Utopia is about a um, a place that does not exist. Mm. So it's a uh, the U is the Topia is the topos, the the place, mm -hmm. and U is the privative, so which doesn't exist, right? Mm -hmm. So. And what I like in that book is that it's a book about humanism. It's a so society that's very fair. But what I sometimes don't like in the humanism, if I can call it that way, is that it's so fair that it's not something that you can actually live from or that you can actually put together. So I think that the, in the Thomas More uh, book, he, he, he has tried uh, um, to depict a society where the human being is at the center of the society, but at the same time has a utility, a purpose, and there's some communion, communion of, uh, and I come back to my strategy and the bus analogy, mm -hmm. in the Thomas More <clears throat> book and the, uh, in the vision uh, of that humanist that you have people on the bus, and as long as people are very happy to be on the bus, the bus is actually driving a, rise, a, 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 a nice journey. Yeah. And I hope that in what I've built in ClearStream, for example, is, is that kind of, of, of company, mm. is that, that, that there's no finger pointing when there's something that goes wrong because the decisions were taken collectively, jointly, 
and the, 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 the vision and the execution of the vision was actually agreed upon all the individuals and everyone should actually push in the same direction. Mm. That's what I like about the inspiring nature of the book of Thomas More and Thomas More itself. So you've almost answered my next question, which would be, what is the culture? If you were to describe the culture of Clearstream in two or three words, what would you say? First, laser focus on making sure that what we deliver is client focus. Mm -hmm. Clients vote with their feet. We don't have any um, clients that are obliged to uh, work with us, right? Mm -hmm. So, which means that, and do you have companies where, which have that, that privilege that have clients being forced, right? For whatever, for different mm -hmm, reasons. Course, Here, yeah. you know, it, clients decide to stay and they pay the rent. So at least they pay the invoice, so they invoice them and they pay. So, which means that we have to be, you know, put them in, in front of the, uh, the strategy. But many companies see it that way, right? So second is that, um, we are a very multicultural organization, right? With uh, close to 50 uh, different nationalities in the company. I like that very much, Rachel. For one reason is that I'm Belgian, as I said to start with. I wouldn't like to work with Belgians only because the decisions that we would take would be Belgians type decision, mm -hmm. right? So here, you know, com being confronted with a, mul in a multicultural or working in a multicultural organization forces you to take others' opinions into consideration when taking decisions. And very, very often, it's um, decisions that are taken by many different people in the, with their mm. different views. Are so it's diversity better. of thinking. The diversity of thinking is mm. definitely, uh, it's a welcoming uh, yeah. uh, company. I think that uh, people who have onboarded, uh, that we have, who we have onboarded are uh, kind, of, uh, kind of happy. We have a rather stable uh, workforce in, uh, it's very collaborative mm -hmm. uh, organization. We don't work in silo in the, in the firm, right? And um, we're very open-minded uh, uh, in, in the firm um, due to the, 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 the sheer nature of, the, uh, of, of the, the different nationalities that we have in, in, uh, in the firm. And I think that I've, I've, I've seen that the, the organization has been very collaborative. If you know, if you put the, the whole of the people into a decanter, what you would have in the, in the end would be a very collaborative uh, spirit in the firm. Brilliant. So that leads me on to my final set of questions, Philip, which is going back to your, I mean, I told you I did my research. So I know that you do triathlons, is that correct? Oh, I don't know who told you that. So uh, <laughs> Rachel, uh, uh, yeah, but Rachel, yes, uh, but I have to, I uh, have to be very, very honest here, yeah. right? I do it very, very modestly, right? So uh, okay. I do run triathlons from uh, time to time, couple of, well, maybe four or five a year, right? I do Olympic distance, right, wow. triathlons. Uh, but the reason why, I think that's, thank you for having uh, asked that question, but the, um, what I like in the, um, in, again in, in this in this sport is that many sports are is about you know practicing sport is about this being disciplined right so, but triathlon has got an additional complexity is that you have to be disciplined in three disciplines right? mm. and is um, as well as um, uh, triathlon is takes time right we are all busy we all for good reasons very busy and what I think that I, I get in the training of triathlon is the uh, the planning attitude you have to plan if you don't plan uh you're gonna be you know if you don't plan enough you don't train enough either if you don't train enough when you are for then you know or say two hours on the bicycle 
then you feel the pain. And you say, my, so if I already feel the pain now, I'm going to feel the pain when I get off my bicycle and start running. So and uh, you have a long run in front of you. And I think it's the same in, in companies. You know, um, you ha if you don't plan, you feel the pain at some point. This, the second thing I like about the, the triathlon uh, training and practicing is the resilience that, that it gives, right? You become mm -hmm. resilient, right? So, uh, and in companies, it's the same. It's all about, you know, resilience, uh, you know, being, as I already used, I think, three or four times in, in this uh, conversation, the, uh, the single-mindedness, uh, I think is very, very important to, uh, I think, in my, in, in my view, to, to be very laser-focused and on your objective. So financial services can learn a lot from planning and resilience in, in the world of triathlon. And you also have another equally healthy hobby, I believe, which is wine. <laughs> so I have to ask you, my husband's also a big fan of wine, and he would, he would hate it if I didn't ask you this question. If you had one bottle to drink, which would that bottle be? Let me think. Well, I won't think too long. I think it's going to be uh, Romane Conti, Latache. Okay. Um, so Pinot Noir. Pinot, Pinot Noir. Noir. Rachel, you know it well. So Pinot Noir. But maybe one reason for that as well is that I don't think that they cheat in uh, in Burgundy. I'm not implying that they cheat. They, mm. they can they, they cheat in other regions, but they can't cheat in in Burgundy because Pinot Noir is the only grape that they actually can use, and they can't do any assemblage of uh, of uh, they can't do any assemblage of of. Uh, of other grapes than Pinot Noir. So that's why I like uh, and Latache, of course. I've never had any a drop of, of Latache, uh, but I hope that at some point I will. So there's something very pure, isn't there? About it, is, it is. It's, it's, yeah, indeed. And it's honest. Pure it's like, it's and pure honest. honest. It's like, if it's not, you, know, you, you can't change it. You just you get the grapes. Of course, you've got, you do whatever you have to do with the grapes. But, you know, bad year is a, a bad year is a bad year. You can't actually take a wine. Some regions take even wines from the previous year and so on. And, and some regions, and, and you can't actually, you can't cheat. And I, I like that. Yeah. I like that. It's, it's rough. It's like, it's what you see, or not what you see, what you drink is what it is, right? Absolutely. So, Philippe Sayle, I've loved interviewing you. And I think you are as pure and honest as the Pinot Noir that you've just <laughs> described. Thank you so much for Thank you, joining us on Flex in the City. Thank you. Thank you, Rachel. It was a pleasure.